We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. jump in and and do our second edition of this ask the obr last week family sickness uh really held us down from doing anything on on tuesday but we're back we're excited to be here and welcome all of you in obviously the point of this is to as red leader thank you for subscribing we appreciate that man uh, a ton the point of this show is to have any questions any topic of conversation come up and have your questions answered or talking points or um whatever you know throw your questions up we'll throw them up on the on the chat and then uh, Brad and I will go through it, discuss it. What we're going to do, though, with which what we start is is kind of piggybacking off my podcast, Brad. We are going to look at wide receiver free agency because that is obviously um, what is lingering, you know, in terms of what positions I've done quarterback, running back. But I've, I think wide receiver is one that everybody's really, really interested in. And uh, the, the the unfortunate thing is most I think this offseason, Brad, most of the things that the Browns need those positions are available for most elements of whether it's free agency, defensive tackle, defensive end. There's some great, some really good options. I think there's some, some slot options that are interesting, but obviously too, um, you know, the draft has positional interest, right? Wide receiver, D D tackle. I think there's some good alignment. This seems to be the only spot where there's not good alignment and that's wide receiver free agency. I know you and Jack Duffin have done pieces on this, Give me your impression of this class of free agent wide receivers as a whole, because it just doesn't appear very good to me. No, it's not. It's not very good at all. Unfortunately, uh, you know, everywhere you look, Jacoby Myers is pretty much the first guy on the list, which kind of says a lot about the list, right? Uh, you know, four years, sixty-four million, forty guarantee yeah. for Jacoby yeah. Myers, the number seven free agent this offseason. Didn't uh, didn't see that coming exactly. No, so you know, once again, you're going to get probably a lot of overpaid guys at the top of this list right like none of these guys really um can justify the contracts that they're probably gonna get because they're the only guys out there on the market right like there's not a ton there's not a ton here right there's and now the browns are looking for a specific thing sort of i think 
So I think that, you know, you kind of got to weed through here and find some value. Uh, but as a class as a whole, it, it's pretty much garbage. Yeah, I would. I think garbage is a pretty apt term for, yeah. for the situation. Yeah. There are, like you said, there are some names that I think are interesting. We'll start kind of at the top. And I think DJ Shark, who's who's with formerly Jacksonville, then Shark goes to um, uh, Detroit as he is here. He's got sort of a little bit of that Christian Kirk vibe where I think people looked back and they're like, well, Christian Kirk was paid a ton of money, but he produced really well. I think Shark has a chance. Um, you know, as far as like what his, his total year looked like, I mean, I don't know, Brad, I mean, what do you like about him? First of all, is there, is there, I guess, is there a need to go after a player like this? Or do you feel like there's some redundancy there? Um, so he's got a speed element that the Browns don't really have. Right. I think, right. He's a, he, does. Uh, he can move. He's a four, he three, move. four guy. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's got really good size. So like when I look at him, I see like untapped potential, right? Like this is a guy with the size and the speed to be a stud that just hasn't figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. Six, four, one ninety eight. You are right. A four, three, four clocked 40 guy at the combine can definitely move. Had a huge second year in the league, a thousand yards, uh, 73 catches, a thousand eight yards, yes. eight touchdowns, then sort of went backward a little bit. The targets dipped some, 706 in year three then he was hurt in year four his last year in jacksonville only had seven catches when he was hurt that entire year i don't he had something lower body happen and then um this year in detroit 30 catches 502 three touchdowns somebody's going to be interested so i think as far as like the highest end of what they could and listen we're we're, eventually we'll talk more about wide receiver trade options really we're just kind of trying to prime you for who's available free agency wise. I promise we'll get to those. And maybe we can answer some questions on that here in just a little bit, but shark would be the highest end of what I think you'd be interested in. If you're really dead set on going the free agency route, but even there, Brad, it feels like a low probability type of player to me for them. The next one, if you're looking short term, Michael Thomas, obviously deep Ohio connections. We don't need to go back through that. He is another guy who's dealt with significant injury issues. The ankle um, has been, has been a big problem for Michael Thomas for, a pretty long time in new Orleans. I, I, I couldn't even so three years ago, his last real season happened in terms of production. Yeah. I mean, his first four years in the league, 13, 1137, 1461, 1612, 1795. And uh, all of those hovering around nine, 10 touchdowns, then five eleven in 2020, all of 2021 off and didn't play much last year. He had 16 catches, 171 and three touchdowns. So this is like, this would be like a type of one year deal, right? Like think of what Juju got for Kansas city, Brad, another free yes. agent in class is getting just absolutely obliterated on social media today because of a <laughs> really dumb comment he made with, right with after reason. the super bowl. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. good reason. Um, but yeah, it would be like a one year coming back from injury deal. He's 29. He's about to turn 30 on March 3rd. Uh, never been very fast. I don't really see much Brown's interest here at all. Personally, Brad, but um, you know, this is a, like I said, a, a type of one year, if you don't want to lock yourself into maybe a three year type of DJ shark deal, this is one obviously that, that, uh, a veteran type that you could go after. Right. But I don't really see the fit here p- personally, if they didn't have a, a Mar- Mari Cooper, maybe, but this is, uh, this doesn't seem all too likely, but he is one of the bigger names. I think he's third or fourth on the pro football Focus's top 100 free agents with the wide receiver position. So 
worth mentioning. He's just at least. too much. Yeah, he's just too much in the mold of what we already have, right? Like he is mm-hmm. Cooper, he is DPJ, he's the same guy, right? And uh, I mean, he's better maybe than DPJ probably when he's healthy, but it's a really risky proposition. They're going to ask, uh, you know, PFF projection has him at what ten million dollars guaranteed uh, for one year. 10 million APY, no thank you, uh, too risky, not on the field enough. Uh, there's something weird with his contract. I, I have to dig into that a little bit further. I don't even know. Like, I know they have him listed as a free agent, but the Saints did something weird with his contract. I'd have to dig into that. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't know about that. I thought he was free to go. Um, I think he is. is I, uh... I, I'd have to dig into that a little bit. Uh, there's something weird going on there. Something that they added on some... Uh, something to it. I, I'm kind of talking, riffing off the top of my head here because I just glanced at it for a minute. So don't don't hold me to that. But uh, I yeah, it could be so much that. like like we see here. It could be he's just almost a guaranteed cut because of yes, just the the yeah. amount of money that he's set to make, and he's just an easy cut for them because the guaranteed is probably nothing, and they can he's open up a ton the, uh, a ton of space. Here it is. He's on the. Um, I apologize for diving into this uh, further here, but he is on the. Um, because he, he was on my cap casualty list, too. Uh, the Saints moved some numbers around in uh, 2022 season, ending to set things up uh, for March. It appears that the plan is to designate Thomas a post-June uh, uh, post, post 1 release. Carry his yeah. $13.5 million cap hit until then, then take on the dead cap hits of 11, 9, and 23 14 1 in 24 saving 1.5 million against the upcoming cap but not until june 2nd so they're taking on a ton of get dead cap just to to be able to uh get rid of him like a, a ton of it yeah yikes it just tells you how that deal failed the ankle yeah. man just a persistent ankle issue the other one as we move along into the cheaper side i think this is one of people that again another ohio state wide receiver with Paris Campbell that people are excited about. And I, I mean, it, dating back to when we were first looking at the class in the season, I remember saying something to Pete Smith and I were talking about Paris Campbell a little bit. Um, interesting. He certainly has not produced the way I think we all expected. Now between Philip Rivers, end of his career, Carson Wentz falling apart. Um, and, you know, Jonathan Taylor is the focal point of that offense. And then obviously dealing with Matt Ryan's disappointment it's not like there were just a bunch of passing yards to go around there, but um, certainly a guy that you'd be interested in a cheap flyer on. But Pro Football Focus puts his projection, they do a pretty good job of this, as you and I have talked about, Brad, at yeah. 23.25775 a year, a 13.25 million total guaranteed. I don't know, man. I, I just, uh, I, I, thought you could, I thought you could get this player cheaper, to be honest. And it's not to say that this is guaranteed what he's going to get. But I think to me, Brad, I think you can get Paris Campbell in the draft. I just, I do. Where they're picking between 98, one to like that 111, 98 area, you can go get. And again, it's just going to be whatever the flavors available. Marvin Mims. Like there's a lot of these guys uh, who will see who sort of falls down in that territory. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind if they did it because you sort of like, you're looking for different types. You're looking for guys who can run. Paris can certainly, he can certainly move. There's no doubt about that. But like, you're you're also kind of trying to, where can we allocate cap? That gets a little tight. A rookie third rounder, certainly going to be a little bit better for your financial situation than 
a seven, seven, five number, right. Against the cat for a tight team. So if they do go this route, I think you and I are aligned that this is the top of the spectrum of what we would like to see. But I also think you can get this player in the draft me personally. So, um, I mean, you know, I, I don't mean to step all over what you would probably say about Paris, but fill in any blanks I left open there. No, no, I would say the same things. You know, I thought that his season this year, um, in a bad offense with kind of a crap quarterback, uh, kind of, you know, crap nice quarterback guy. situation, not kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> he, he did well. Like I, I thought he, I feel like he's kind of figuring out the nuances of being a professional wide receiver a little bit more this year. Like um, I thought he, he has uh, one of the better separation numbers. I think I saw somewhere, uh, he gets himself open, um, and when they got him the ball, you know, uh, in some wide receiver screen situations and stuff like that, he he still showed that he had that burst, that explosiveness. Now, I get what you're saying about the draft, but my, my worry there is, like, uh, that nuance, right? Like, the year or two that it takes for a guy to get to, like, where Paris is at now, uh, and you want to win now. That's my concern is like, I feel like he could come in and contribute right away uh, into the Browns offense because he's something they don't have. And he has been through kind of the ups and downs and the struggles of being a young receiver in the league. So th- that would be my yeah. only thing. Seven, five APY is, is tough. Like, and they're saying 13 guaranteed, right? So it's not even like the is that what it was is that what it was? Yeah, thirteen and some change guaranteed is what they project. I would like that, to be under that. Yeah, like you would things. like an out after one year, right? Yeah, like he twenty nineteen foot injury, broken foot, right? Missed yep. the, almost the entire year. Yep. Twenty twenty has an MCL injury in in September that ends his season. Twenty twenty one had another significant foot injury. He put it together in twenty two. I mean. That's the first real season he's had. I mean, his first three years, he had 23, nine and 18 targets. So like, yeah, just couldn't find the field. Now he found the field 63 catches on 85 targets, six twenty-three and three touchdowns. There's no doubt he was making plays. He was finally earning some, some, you know, praise that I thought was fitting. It's just you, where I'm at is that kind of, it kind of screams a one-year deal to me. It just doesn't scream three years of, of a deal. Like if the deal is cheaper than that, I can be, very into a year or two on Paris. Um, but I do think that this class is like, if this were a better class, Brad, I think you could hide him and get away with it. Got a better yeah. chance, but with how bad this class is and on the up and up and how much speed is valued, it's hard to see him not getting that. It really is. So teams are so desperate for wide receivers. It's really hard to see him not getting. So we would have to be, a, he would really prefer to come to Cleveland scenario and yeah. maybe take a little bit less money. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't I, see him I doing can't. That. Why would he do that? He's got one chance at a contract here. You know, you don't know if you're going to do another one. So. Yeah, this is uh, this is his big payday, and and the uh, the thirteen number bothers me, right? Like, because because I, you know, I was thinking more like six, right, for one year, yeah. or like eight total yeah. with some incentives. Mm-hmm. But some you incentives. want it out after one year, and uh, you know, the thirteen is gives you some significant dead cap if you want out after one you're, you're kind of stuck with him for two there and uh that's not really the brown a situation the browns want to dive into with his injury history i don't think but I, I, at the same time 
from this class, he's the guy that intrigues me the most. I would agree with that. I think that from what they need perspective, it makes sense. Uh, Michael Harden, another guy that you would look at and say, all right, well, what do they need? They could use this sort of player, right? So Hardman um, is not actually on the PFF top 100 list, so he didn't crack that. He's, he's sort of been hidden over the years uh, behind Tyree Kill and all of that, and it's understandable. It's not like he's not been productive, though, Brad. I mean, he's put up yards. His first year, he had 30 catches, 567 and 6. Second year, 49 catches, 626 and 5. Touchdowns, 2021, 67 catches, career high, 814 yards and three scores. And then just last year, I think he was hurt. I don't know what injury he had. Um, I'll try to find that for us here in just a second. But he he only had 300 yards and obviously he wasn't around in the playoffs or anything else. So um, trying to find that for us real quick. Uh, the, the injury stuff for him, that's the first year we've seen an injury pop up for him and uh looks like he went on the IR injured his left ankle on November 3rd uh he missed the rest of that game and then he had an abdomen muscle strain grade two that put him on IR but he's been consistent so yeah, yeah I mean listen I I, for you guys who are all trade people I'm with you I love Jerry Judy I love Elijah Moore but if you don't you know they don't want to give up something to get those guys you are going to have to entertain free agency. I mean, I would, I've, I think Brad and I and many of us at the OBR have been very vocal about we would definitely like to go maybe get somebody if we can. I mean, Jerry yes. Judy's a phenomenal young receiver. The, the, the thing is, you don't, the, what young receivers, they just don't let them go. And maybe you don't want to let go of one of these corners who you have, like young corners that you want to continue to play and develop. So if they don't want to go that route, the option of free agency, something you at least have to entertain, right? You at least have to entertain it. And Hardman's interesting. and He's got special teams ability and he's a fly sweep. Like they could actually run some of that jet fly stuff and be effective mm -hmm. with it. I mean, Hardman has probably slept on a little bit in this group because it's not very, it's not a very good group, but he's always sort of been hidden in Kansas city, Brad. Yeah. He's always kind of played second fiddle there and he can scoot, man. He can scoot. He's uh uh, he made that, you know, the Tyreek Hill and him, the, the speed combination that they brought uh, really stretched people out and stressed defenses out, and he would bring an element that the Browns are missing badly, um, you know, uh, lid lifter and stretching the field, as you mentioned, uh, horizontally with, you know, jet sweeps and all that, you know, wide receiver screens and stuff like that. He can, mm -hmm. he can you know, he's got a couple rockets up his ass. He can move, man. He really can. He's one of those mover types. I mean, Trent Sherfield's the last one. He hauled in a touchdown over uh, the left sideline there over Martin Emerson down in, in Miami. The Browns didn't play well collectively at all. But Sherfield's cheap. One-year type of contract could could be found. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm interested in Sherfield because I think he can operate in a way that is at least interesting for what the Browns do, right? Like, um, he's a physical blocker downfield. He did a really nice job for them in those roles. Also tough, uh, tough ability over the middle of the field uh, was a great compliment to, to both of those guys who can move Tyreek and, um, Jalen Waddle down there. And he made some tough catches for them. He's, he really did impress me as a nice player. Um, but again, that's the cheap stuff. That's the cheap option, but I have to illustrate again, Brad, you really like some of your guys. So what, what you're doing here, if you take away, if you if you say, hey, we're going to go draft one and then we're going to sign one like this, you're also got to say, well, we really like Mari. He's going to play. DPJ is going to play. 
then they're like, are you giving up on David Bell? Because he's not going to play a ton if you go sign somebody you really like, right? They're not going to play him a ton. Michael Woods, like, where does Mike Woods come into? So I'm 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 all about and like other guys who are under contract that you know also kind of matter too. Like if Jakeem Grant comes back healthy this year, I think that I'm not saying they won't or can't do this, but it's like if you're going to go get a fringe play, is Sherfield any better than David Bell? Right? Is Paris Campbell long term the next four years any better? Than what David Bell could become. That's the question I think you have to ask. And if you're saying yes, like that means you're giving up on David Bell one year into a third round pick. Which doesn't see does that seem a little hasty to you, Brad? It does seem hasty, but I think we know that listen, I'm ready to give up on Schwartz. And if we're talking about speed, David Bell doesn't have it. So we're talking about two different things here, right? Like I think speed is a need that they have, and David Bell doesn't speed. provide that. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm concerned. Like, I'm not giving up on him. I think he can be a nice slot wide receiver. Uh, he can contribute uh, as maybe like the fourth wide receiver or whatever, or him and Woods can battle that out. But they are missing that element, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. I just want to find – I'd like to find a way to continue to get guys like David Bell, Mike Woods, some developmental – thing sure. and sometimes in the nfl is not you know you gotta, you gotta get your reps you can get your reps and be ready to get better when you can get better and play because injuries happen and the yeah. browns had we've not talked about this enough all offseason the browns had really good injury luck i mean like amari played the whole year the running backs played the whole year they really you know, david missed a couple games here and there but really good injury luck and you're not always going to have that so there's always obviously a chance for one of them to get an opportunity later uh through injury issues or anything of that sort so um you know, closing on wide receiver free agency, other guys that are in the top 100 we didn't talk about. Uh, Juju Smith-Schutte, who was a guy I was interested in last year, thought he could have fit for what they needed. Obviously, they drafted David Bell, who kind of a similar type, right, in terms of the movement ability. They have yep. Juju projected projected at three years, 36, 12 million a year, 24 and a half guaranteed. Good luck. That's not for me, right? Um, no way. Not for me. Odell... Um, is going to come back and play for somebody. I think Odell naturally slides into Juju Smith-Schuster's money. If you ask me, I think that would be a great fit for Kansas city. Uh, not for Cleveland. Clearly um, DJ shark. We mentioned Alan Lazard Packers three years, 33 million, 11 million per 21 and a half guaranteed. Feels like a DPJ clone. I'm good. Don't really not, not the type six, five, two twenty seven. a little taller, bigger run blocks well would be the type if they didn't have donovan otherwise i just don't think it's a necessity Uh, he had 788 yards last year i mean dpj produced more than that with Brissett, right he doesn't have aaron Rodgers, so you know take it for what it's worth that's it for the top 100 we've hit some people hardman sherfield outside the top 100 i don't think i have much else to add i think brad if i had to put a percentage on it maybe like 15% 15% chance they sign a wide receiver that matters in free agency. No more than that. I can't I can't see it being 25%. I really don't think they make much of a play in wide receiver given how much more they need at other spots and how well this draft does align for the second, third round type of receivers. There's some real talent in that yeah. rounds two, three range. And like, you know, I think you made a good point about wide receivers not necessarily coming in and being impact. But if you look at the second round guys, like Christian Watson found his way, George Pickens found his way. Like there are guys that in the second round 
really figured it out early enough and throughout the season to mean even by the end of the year sky Moore played a really big role kansas city so like i i don't ever like expecting second round guys to matter but if they're a, a very esoteric type we're talking a speed guy can tyler scott do that yeah can jalen hyatt do that right away some of those things be a six seven hundred yard guy lid lifter average 15 yards a ca- i think so I yeah. think I'm not asking somebody to come in and be the man. That's that's no. a unique difference, Brad. I think you and I could agree. Most wide receivers they've drafted over the course of time has been like, hey, you can be our number one or number two right away if you're good at well, no, they they're pretty set at one and two. I think that yeah. they just maybe need another one, right? So I don't I just don't fifteen percent is about my number. I think it's a higher percentage they trade for one, which is a lot of what people are talking about here. Uh, yeah, probably trading like 40%. Um, but I, I don't see a free agent. I wouldn't be stunned, but I just don't see it. Do you? What's your number for that? I'm right there with you. Maybe you know, between 15 and 20%. You know, somebody that matters, right? Like they may add a mm-hmm. depth piece or something like that that doesn't really matter or somebody to come p- compete in camp, right? But like if we're talking about a real contract of somebody that comes in, uh, it doesn't feel like it will come from this class because you're going to have to overpay. I, I, I think you make a really good point about the draft. The thing with the Browns is like you're you're you make a great point. There are guys there, or have been guys there in the sec in the second, third round, fourth round that have come in and contributed for a lot of teams that Browns just haven't been able to find that guy. Right? Like they got mm-hmm. a hit on one of those guys. That's the thing, right? So. Yeah. Um, that is the difference is the other teams have been able to find those guys. Brown's got to find that guy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And that's not a knock on David Bell or anything like that. It's just uh, he wasn't what, you know, I guess I don't think he was what we thought he could be um, in in year one. Um, I still think he can be a nice player, but like Schwartz, you know, the list goes on with some of these guys, right? So um, I said about David Bell, Brad, in my, my recap of the position. Yeah. I've never seen a rookie come in and me have no, like I have less of a feel for what David Bell is. Right. After his first year, like, right. I don't know. He was just very, he ran a lot of routes. He caught the throws that generally that were in his direction. The target to that position in general for the Browns is not at least under the old structure of offense, not a high volume thing. Now that I hope I pray that that changes into next year. But like, I just thought he was as about as 
average as you could be. I'm not really swayed one way or the other off him. And I'm a little nervous and I'm not saying you're suggesting it at all or anyone, but like, I do want him to continue to try to find ways to get on the field. Like I would like to still think he gets some chances next year. Now, if they go swing big here and they go trade for Hopkins or they go trade for cooks or God, listen, it'd be great if they got a young Elijah Moore uh, type, right. Or something along those lines. I've actually seen, um, and I want to ask you about this player because I think it's interesting. Tyler Boyd is a cap casualty guy yeah. out of Cincinnati. That's an interesting one. This is real because they, you got to remember, they were playing the Irwin kid. They're playing some young guys a, a good bit. And I think if the Cincinnati tries to come off some money, would you be interested in Tyler Boyd? I think he's, he's, he's 28, you know, 100%. I think he's pretty good. I, I wonder what that contract would look like for him, but he would be a fun player to play a lot in 11 personnel for them. Um, I don't, I'm going to check here real quick what Boyd's been. He's, I really liked him coming out of Pittsburgh, uh, Pitt, uh, out, of, out of college. Again, not a fast guy, so he's not, like, scratching that itch. But, I mean, the guy's been productive, right, since since 2018, 1,028, 1,046, 841, 938, 851, hovering about five, six touchdowns. He'll be 28 and he'll turn 29 in late – or, sorry, mid-November. I could see a short-term thing there, but again, is 29-year-old Tyler Boyd that much different than giving David Bell some more opportunities to continue to get better, Brad? I, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I don't know. Because if you uh, look at the, the RAS scores and some of that, it's not that much different. So, like, no. I guess that, Brad, is me saying, let me put it this way. Do we believe that the offense is going to change to make the position matter more because if the status quo is the same, there's no reason to bring Tyler Boyd in for that role. It's just not a role they're even can, like looking at enough, right? So like if it's changing and we say we're now going to give our third receiver 75 targets, well, yeah, I think Tyler Boyd gets open. He's pretty solid. He catches the rock. He's been in big moments. I think you could justify that. But if it doesn't change to that type of volume, I don't think it's worth it, right? I, I think it better change to close to that volume. I, I think that I think that's the direction that they they would like to go, right? So uh, that's kind of why I've been cl- you know clamoring all offseason that they do need to add a wide receiver here, whether it be through the draft or whatever, but somebody that brings a different element to this thing. And and although Boyd doesn't necessarily bring a different speed element to the, this thing, he does give you three. You know, in 11 personnel, as you said, he's a good, you know, you put him out there, he's a legit threat. Like, he's he's a really good wide receiver. I mean, let's be honest, he's very good. Uh, he gets overshadowed in Cincinnati, but he is a very good wide receiver. Um, you know, he has an $8.9 million uh, one-year uh, contract, might be tradable. Uh, they won't trade it to us, so we got to hope for a cap casualty, casualty uh, release there, right? So... Yeah, I don't see. I mean, again, he's he's going to be twenty nine late in the. I don't. It's hard to see a trade there, other than like, hey, we'll give you a seventh or something, right? But yeah, um, yep. no, I, I think they'd prefer to keep him out of Cleveland. And the way he's talked about Cleveland, uh, unless there was money that worked out for him, I don't know that he would be all too open to it. But that's that's some of the stuff rattling around about wide receivers, right? You know, you're you're trying to gauge if they're all in. Do they go get somebody like these who are a bit more proven, or do they try to let these guys develop around it? Because there were moments 
from Mike Woods that I really liked. Like you could see some of the open field wiggle. Like there was stuff there. Like I liked him, but again, you know, I, I don't blame people or I don't blame them if they go out and get somebody who matters more, who's proven more and certainly matters more. You know what I mean? So um, that's, that's a little bit at wide receiver. Anything else before we open up to some questions? So if you guys have questions, you know, prep those, throw them out. And I'm talking anything. Could be draft, could be trades, could be any position. Um, certainly open to chatting about whatever. That's the point of this episode. Um, we'll chat about those. But yeah, anything else on wide receiver that we didn't cover there from a free agency perspective, Brad? Yeah, uh, not else, really. I w- let me ask you this. Who else did we not discuss that you think is a cap casualty, I guess, is a good angle to, to look at? Um, because that's that's certainly something to... Yeah, so there's a couple to. ways you get a wide receiver, right? You could get him trade, you can get him cap casually, you can get him free agency. So some of the intri- intriguing names that for me, I don't know if they're intriguing for you. KJ Hamler's a little intriguing. Uh, out of he's uh, intriguing, he, yeah, yeah, he's Oof. got some speed. he's got he's got some Paris Campbell to him. Yeah, right. Um, he is uh, potentially a cap casualty, freeing up 1.5 million out of Denver. Cooks is known. Keenan Allen is known. Keenan Allen is a terrific wide receiver, but once again, you're talking about kind of repetitive of what we have, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, does Devontae Parker do anything for you at age 30? Probably not. Nothing uh, that you don't get from Donovan already, right. I don't think. Uh, then you get into, like, the Jets guys, right? So Bra- Braxton Berrios. He's a nice little slot with a ton of speed. He's a value guy, right? Corey mm-hmm. Davis, Denzel Mims, all these guys are potential ca- casualties from the Jets. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge from Seattle. Brandon Ayuk is on here. I don't know how realistic that is, uh, but would love that, right? Uh, it, Boy, if they let Ayuk go in a trade or something, that'd be huge. He's so good. He is a separator, man. He is really damn good. Um, I am with you, but for some reason, 49ers fans don't like him. I don't don't know why. I am with you. I think he's a complete stud. But, like, uh, even when I mentioned him in one of my tweets, I had a couple 49ers fans sliding into my comments saying, like, yeah, we'll give you a bag of balls for him. They, like they're like they are not. They don't like him for whatever reason. Man, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Me easily. too. And here's the I'd thing take him over them. Jerry Judy. He would be the number one trade target for me without even hesitating. Like that dude can yes. play. So let me hit on both those guys. Judy. Yeah. Everybody wants to talk about Judy. I don't know if he's going to be available, Jake. Because nah, no way, Sean Payton's going to take advantage of coming all those in guys. there. Yeah. He's not no. giving up Jerry Judy. I don't think he's an option anymore. Uh, with uh, Sean Payton coming in and trying to save Russ, right? So I don't see him as an option anymore. Ayuk, though, is an interesting situation because he goes for 78 catches, over 1,000 yards, and eight touchdowns this year. Um, they have to watch their money, uh, and he they're in a sell-high moment right now, right? Like, if they want to sell high on him, Now's the time to do it, and they can save like two point three million on their cap. So that's He's kind of why maybe yeah. twenty five next year, like on the up and up. I mean, look at the quarterback play. I mean, it's not been it's not been no. stellar there. Um, you know, I I just if they let go of Ayuk at this young age and some of the routes he puts on tape, I get that they pay Debo, but like, who? I just I think they're still pushing the chips in the table. Like I don't. I, if I were just saying my thought, I don't think he's even remotely available. Like, I just don't. 
I don't have any, unless somebody could throw him a one and you never know if they throw him a one, but like from a, Hey, we got a good deal and they got a good deal perspective. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how in this modern era of wanting as much wide receiver town as you can get, letting him go. Uh, like I say, he's about just about to turn 25 so young and hitting his prime. God, I would love like, like, again, if you're talking about number one trade targets and you could get him. Like if they said we'll give you Ayuk for forty two, I'd be like, "Where's the here's the where's the pen?" Like yeah, I'll do I'll, it right yeah. now. Like that totally. that's how good I think he is. So totally um, agree. Uh, and I and think largely that's too because he's got the fifth year. He's a first round guy. He's got the fifth yep. year in that contract too. So like, man, yeah. Hey, the, if they want forty two, come get it. So that's I think uh, that's, that's what they're looking it. for is kind of a, a little mini haul for him. Uh, and thinking like, hey, we probably we might not be able to pay this guy long term, mm -hmm. uh, so let's get the money now while he just put up a monster year. Uh, Mike Evans uh, is going to be a guy that's probably, you know, if they tear it down, he may be a uh, a cap casualty in Tampa Bay, and then Robert Woods is another name out there. Uh, so those are your cap casualty wide receivers. Yeah, that's it's not. I don't know where I sit on trading. I would, re it's hard. The only position I'm comfortable with moving off of somebody is corner. And that's literally the only advantageous, but I also would just like to not do that simultaneously because I would like to keep those young. I just think that you can, you need to cover people as much as you need your own guys. And I think I really just love some names in this draft too. So anyway, um, Again, open to any questions you guys have right now um, before we take off. We'll stay as long as you guys have questions. Um, a couple things, Brad, I wanted to hit before we hit this question on Marquez Callaway. It seems like Chris Kiffin is gone. Um, he is going to accept a job with the Texans to coach their linebackers. I thought Chris Kiffin is gone the moment he opened up and way, way too deep into detail about what happened with Jadevian Clowney. Total different messaging from his head coach. He wanted to leave before the year. It felt like came back and just that yeah. interview felt like his foot was out the door. I'm not sure what I think people want answers about what they're doing with this staff. I think in the next week, we'll start to get some feels. I mean, two important members with long coaching experience and Jeff Howard for good or bad here, Jeff Howard and Chris Kiffin are now gone. So those are two big spots they have to replace. Obviously Burke, they wanted to get a chance to talk to him about running their D line. He gets the Texans DC job. Ironically, then he hires Kiffin to coach his linebackers. The Browns have put up no fight to these guys leaving. There was no opposition to Jeff Howard taking a lateral move uh, or kind of a step. I mean, it was a step. That was a pass game coordinator. Now he's just a linebackers coach out in LA. And then Both obviously Kiffin takes a lateral move and takes over linebackers. So those two jobs, I mean, it tells you what Schwartz thinks of them. And it's clear that Schwartz has said, if you got another job you want to take and you don't want to be here, do your thing. But now they have to replace them. I've written up everything I can do linking people to them, Brad. There's many names still out there, but there's just some movement stuff that still needs to happen. I'm hoping we get some answers in the next, you know, in the next week or so here because they're starting to get tight. I mean, I want to go into the combine with those filled, and the combine is merely two weeks away. Yeah, I wrote about it today uh, and things I think I know uh, about the Browns. I, I would like to see more turnover, right? I would like to see kind of basically uh, a whole new group in here. Uh, just because when you go through so much uh, with a group of people, 
and uh, or a group of coaches. You don't want any of that baggage, I don't think, unearthed uh, if things start to go sideways or whatever. Fresh sling slate. Uh, guys that communicate, know the language, know the terminology of Schwartz, know how he wants to teach it, all makes sense to me to streamline this thing. So that's kind of the direction that I would like them to go. Uh, I think they probably will. You got a guy with a 30-year Rolodex of names that he can find guys that he's worked with or guys that he's worked with that recommend guys that he's worked with. I think they'll all... Uh, I would think they'll probably maybe all except for Tarver be out. I would think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't see many guys sticking around. I, I just, no. some of the fringe, uh, quality control types maybe, but I, I just don't see many of them sticking around. Um, and I have no problem with Schwartz getting people in. He's more comfortable with, I want to hit yeah. on petting too, before we go back to Callaway. Um, yeah, so Drew Petzing, this isn't confirmed. It's been floated. Yeah. Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, congrats to him. San Ignatius grad. Um, went down to Louisville, was an assistant coach there early on. I think he had a career-ending injury. Uh, he's been around for a while, goes to Louisville, gets a job, and works his way into the NFL. And um, it's a really cool story. He's uh, he's hired, and and uh, they, they think they – for I don't know if those two had a history somewhere along the way, maybe Minnesota for a minute. Uh, but they think that Petzing is the Browns quarterback coach. He was just recently tight ends. Then he went to quarterbacks with the Browns. They think he is going to go with Gannon as the quarterback or the uh, offensive coordinator to which I'm very indifferent to. I don't really have any take on it. I didn't really know enough about Petzing to, to give an answer one way or the other. I mean, certainly Jacoby Brissett played well, right? Like uh, um, he can take some, it's, it's hard. I've talked about this a lot, Brad. It's hard to define the impact that position coaches have. They get some blame they shouldn't get and they get some credit they shouldn't get. So like, it's hard to know. I have not heard any interviews from Petzing. They didn't open him up to come up and talk to people. I have no real feel on him one way or the other. I actually think that some changes to the offensive staff are warranted. I would like to get somebody in with some fresh perspective, not somebody that challenge, not somebody that is, uh, conflicting uh, or, or confrontational to what they did somebody to challenge them. Why do we do it this way? Could we do it this way? That sort of stuff. Or like a Sean Ryan type, right? Who was formerly worked with Deshaun as his Houston quarterback coach for a couple of years. Like there's just a, a, as far as losing petting goes, I'm just not going to lose his sleep. He might've been great. I don't know. I don't, I really don't know, um, you know, whether he was good or bad, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. And I, I actually prefer to shake up the offensive staff a, a little bit. I'm with you. I've been saying that all along that I kind of hoped that even if nobody left, they would just bring in a couple, you know, make a couple positions to bring in some different fresh eyes, fresh ideas, people that will look at it a little bit differently, uh, especially in this transformation. I think uh, you mentioning Sean Ryan is uh, an interesting name um, out there. Um, and as uh, uh, Manimal says down there, uh, it is an opportunity to bring in uh somebody that uh can help shape this thing a little bit differently um so i'm not totally with you on board not gonna don't care that petzing is leaving i don't know like you said we have no idea what effect he had uh on this team um you know other than that he did a good job with Brissett this year right you know uh but 
Uh, I don't know what credit he deserves or what he doesn't with what the Browns have done. Uh, I'm a little surprised that he's going all the way to an OC job because usually when a guy gets an OC job, you hear a little bit of rumblings about a guy beforehand. Didn't hear Mm -hmm. this is kind of out of nowhere, right? No, it is. It's definitely out of nowhere. Uh, I, I, I didn't know that he was desired to do, or I, I listen again, I have not heard anything from him. I have no clue what they think of him. I have no clue what he sounds like in front of a microphone. Like, I don't know, man, I'm indifferent to him. So we'll maybe see, maybe he, Arizona has a great year and he blows up and he's the next head coach candidate. I don't know. But as we sit here right now, I have no idea of like, oh, he, you know, I read that he tweaked up Jacoby Brissett's thought process and reading, you know, how he reads defenses or tipped him off to this or I got nothing. He's got no, I got nothing on him. So, you know, if he's getting an opportunity to be an offensive coordinator, he should go. That's, that's a career opportunity, man. Only so many human beings get to be coordinators at the NFL, you know, let alone position coaches. So go, go take it, man. And maybe it works out for him. I'm not sure, but if someone's like, well, I prefer him to Alex Van Pelt to stay. Why? Like, what, what, what do you know? What do you know that we don't know? So, yeah. um, you know, maybe, it, maybe it goes great for him. I'm not sure, but uh, that's that's the two coaching things we know, right? There's three guys we know that have that have left at this point. Well, Petsing, we don't know for sure yet, but the other two on defense, that's what we know. Chris Kiffin news just broke literally 30 minutes ago. Uh, Aaron Wilson tweeted that out. So yeah, that's that's what we know right now, and. Certainly, we will keep you as up to date on that as possible. I want to open it up to any more questions before we go. Um, you know, Marquis Callaway, I want to come back to that. Callaway, a pretty similar 21, 698 touchdowns. What would it be a lot? 698 yards, six touchdowns, 46 catches, 15.2 yards per reception. Pretty similar 2021 to Paris Campbell, production wise. A lot of snaps in, uh, uh, in the wide alignment. So he was a, a Z type receiver for them pushing the ball vertically, but then last year gets hurt. So his timing is just different. So you want to talk about people who are going to be in love with Paris Campbell. Well, Marcos Callaway, again, at 24, about to literally just about to turn 25, stricter free agent. It's the same type of player, you know, like that's a similar mold, right? Similar, similar. He's got, he's got a little more size, 6'2", 204. But, um, you know, point. just his, his year of breakout didn't happen at the right time. So he's got a little less buzz. Yeah, that's somebody I'd be interested in. If, again, it's got to be cheap, though. It's got to be cheap for all these guys. I don't think the Browns go out and push a three-year deal to a wide receiver given where they are in some of that stuff. So I don't know that I see any more questions here, and that's okay. We talked about a lot of stuff and kind of threw out and answered a lot of your questions. Um, we'll give it a, another minute or so if there's anything. And, again, we draft. It could be anything you want to talk about. But, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's like I said, there's a lot going on, but we're about to really get into the stuff that matters. Like we're looking at in two weeks from now the combine where we finally get the – athleticism data on uh, uh, so many of these guys that gives us a better picture for what the Browns will try to fit who they want, right? With uh, we have production scores and we have baseline things. We have some tape to study, which is the most important thing, obviously, but uh, you know, athletic grades and all that stuff really, really matter to where you're taking guys and the value at certain spots. So that'll be huge. And then like this stuff happens quick. You go, you go, boom, right into the combine free agency starts a week after the combine ends free agency runs into the middle of April and then you're looking at the draft at the end of April. So like, man, once the Super Bowl hits anymore, everything moves pretty quickly and it'll be here before we know it. Uh quick question. I deal with placements on D staff. Now that there are holes there, I can pull up that, uh, um, Schwartz app, uh, article and, um, talk about 
his coaches that are, are still out there. Let's do that real quick. Um, Monken getting the jab in uh, Baltimore. Yeah, that's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. I I think Monken – I don't think it signals he's gone. I actually think that that Monken can use him really well. At Georgia, man, they use those two tight ends really well. I mean, in 2019, he wasn't even – you don't call him plays here, man. He was just just here. I couldn't believe he took that Browns job when he did because he was just here. Um, Yeah. I think he's going to be good for them. Like, I I really do. I think he's going to be good for them. He's going to put them in a – modern era of football that that greg roman was i think holding them back relatively significantly um okay looking at coaches real quick like Corey undlin out in san fran uh, was with schwartz and philly uh, i've actually heard that didn't uh did wilkes get the defensive coordinator job there who got the somebody unexpected got that job i thought undlin would get it but he did not get it um can't remember who it might have been wilkes he got a job somewhere uh, anyway, Marcus Robertson was with Schwartz. Um, yep. uh, he was a secondary coach uh, in Detroit when he was coaching, uh, when Schwartz was the head coach there. He's been with the Raiders, Broncos, Cardinals in Arizona um, from 2019 to this past year. So, yeah, we'll see where Marcus Robertson's a DB coach name to keep your eye on if Gannon doesn't keep him. I don't know. They might hold him hostage and keep him there, right? They, they're not guaranteed to allow that to happen. Dino Vasso uh, was with Houston. I don't know if Vasso – the linebackers coach for them. Um, you know, I don't know. Actually, I'm sorry. I think he was the safeties coach. I have this up in front of me, but I'm not looking at it. Assistant secondary coach was Schwartz and, uh, and through 2020. So the connection there. He's a cornerback coach the last two years with Houston. So that's another potential DB coach. I don't know if, if uh, D'Amico Ryans is going to keep him. Uh, Ken Fajole, who's the outside linebackers coach for the Chiefs right now. Could he go to full-time linebackers coach here? He's had a long career, was with Schwartz a lot. He's an, he's on the older side, so he could potentially be an option for linebackers if Tarver moves on. Marquand Manuel, who was the Atlanta Falcons defensive coordinator in 17 and 18, took over for Dan Quinn. He crossed paths with Schwartz in 2020 before in that last season, so he's currently the safeties coach with the Jets, so he's not just free to leave unless – he gets an entire secondary coach label. I don't know, but he's uh, mm-hmm. with the Jets. Um, Nate Ollie, who was with Schwartz in 19 and 20, is an assistant defensive line coach, most recently with the Colts. So if they, you know, they just hired uh, stri- stri- Shane Striken, Striker, Striken, 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 Coach Striken. So they just hired him. They got to hire a DC and go through all that. We'll see if Ollie's allowed to leave. Ryan Pignati, that one I don't think is going to work out because he's currently with Doug Peterson, and that's where his original connection came from. Chris Wilson, the defensive line Super Bowl um, team, left for Arizona. The defensive coordinator for the University of Colorado recently. Now Dion's there, and I think they overhauled that whole thing. That's a name to keep an eye on. Other than that, you're kind of just <laughs> just kind of throwing darts at the wall after that. But those are the names. So. Um, that's all that's all I kind of got. I mean, those are the names that we know. It doesn't mean they can't branch out outside of this tree. And maybe Schwartz knew somebody from his time in Tennessee, right? I, I'm not sure. But that's all I got on the staff for now, man. Those are the names we know. We'll have to see if any other names pop up. So that's all I got, Brad. Anything else on defensive staff? Uh no, I heard some rumblings that the one guy that I heard that they might want to keep around. I've heard this a couple times is this Brandon Lynch uh kid. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that name at all? No. 
Uh, he's like the assistant DB coach now, but I heard they might want to keep him in house. Okay. All right. Browns. Hadn't heard that one. All right. Yeah. And they might like him a lot. That would be the answer. If they, if, I mean, this is what Schwartz is doing right now. He's uh-huh. like, he's coming, he's meeting with all of these guys and trying to figure out who he wants to keep in. He might, he might like one of the quality control guys for that defensive line job. I, we don't know. We just, we're left to guess. At yep. this time, we have no indication. Any the only indication we got from anything is that hey Burke tried to get uh they tried to get him for an interview, and they blocked it. That's blocked all we know. It. So that's all we have. I don't see any other questions, Brad. So I'm gonna wrap um, this up, man. Um, one, there's one here. Or, did I real miss one? Quick. Uh, was Bell uh sep- able to separate from what you saw? I went, oh, sorry, I'm clicking okay. over you there. Uh, was he open most of the time? Was he able to separate? unable to separate at times i thought he was fine they didn't give him many chances to prove in one-on-one situations that he could go get it. but i thought he was fine i mean like again i don't think he's unable to separate and i don't think he's a, an excellent separator i mean as far as i can say this without being offensive he was just a guy <laughs> now you can have non guys who are not like anthony schwartz is an example of that guy can't play like there are those guys too so we need more. I just need more from David. I need to see more of him. Um, I didn't leave feeling impressed, um, but I also didn't leave feeling like, hey, I know this guy's not going to yeah. make it either. So I yeah. just need to see more. Maybe you get a year under your belt, you come back, and you, you're a little bit more confident. Uh, Kevin Cycle here, do you think they're on uh, still on the age guardrails and RAS course? Y- yes. They Listen, I don't have any indication they are not. Put it that way. I don't have any indication that they're not in on those things still. Um, I think, Brad, they should be a bit more bendy on it than they have been because they just need guys who can play. Like, if you think a guy is really good, but he's 23, who gives a shit, man? Draft him. If he's really good, draft him. I'm sorry, but I think there should be a bit. Now, 24, you're getting out there. That's 28 by the end of your first. It's tough. But 23, like, I'm in on getting – I think the Browns are at the point, to me, where they shouldn't be doing this all the time. But at certain t- spots, we should bend here because we just need yes. good players. We just need good players more than and, anything and, else right now. So, w- listen, RAS scores are more important to me right now than age. I want to see athletes. Like, I need athletes, man, that can play. But the age stuff – they've bent on it more later does that trickle into the earlier rounds i sure hope so i have no reason to block a 23 year old from getting drafted like i said now 24 is different but it's also too brad worth noting this is a limited draft like there's not an abundance this is one of the smaller drafts and it's older because of the extra covid year for a lot of guys it's just not a super deep draft you'll hear a lot of people from i've heard it a lot in the last week to month about how making a top 100 has not been easy. Like it is, there's not a, this is not a very deep overall draft. And right. again, the COVID year and the, and the transfer portal and the money guys can make staying in college now is different than it's ever been. And that is mattering to draft depth and guys coming out early, like you would expect. So older because of the extra COVID year for a lot of guys, less overall talent in this draft. than I think we've seen recently. I think too with the the age guard rail, 
I, I think there's times that you can like be selective about it. I understand having your guardrail there and everything, but like if you're looking at a player in the second, you know, like this year in the second or third round that you want to contribute right away and he's 23 and you think he can play and help you next year, that's mm-hmm. when you should stretch the guardrail, right? But maybe I understand maybe sick and, you know, you have two guys that you like similar in the fifth round and one's 21 and one's 23, then that makes a lot of sense uh, to go with the 21-year-old, right, uh, as a tiebreaker. But more of like, you know, especially now as they're kind of pushing their chips in in this two-year mm-hmm. window, you maybe need to bend a little bit more, especially on guys that you expect to help you now. I'm with it, man. I, I think that, and I think, again, there have been times that like, oh, they jumped up to take a linebacker. And they've talked about how they have a way they like to approach it but they're not tied to it. So I do think it's very plausible that they bend on some of these things here because they're just going to have to, you can't just always draft the youngest of the young because it's a lot of challenge to your coaching staff to constantly develop. And also you're putting yourself now, again, all things are equal and you're looking at a 23 and a 21 year old, you take 21 year old simple. But I just don't think you should be so rigid as to push out 23-year-olds who are really good because, oh, man, eight months ago they had a birthday that was too close. You know, like, that's just silliness to me. And I don't think they think that way. But, you know, I would imagine they'd say most of the guys they're selecting, if they they see them as an equal, you know, to those other guys at the same age, like, that's just kind of what I think. But uh, we'll see if they continue to give us more evidence. Warpath asks, do you think they move on either Teller or Newsom to help in other positions? They could. They could. I prefer to move Newsom, uh, sorry, Emerson to Newsom personally, because Newsom has more boundary short field corner twitchiness that is harder to find as an outside guy. But I like New I like I like Emerson because he does provide some bigger body types to match up with the pickings of the world. So I'm I get this is why I'm drawn to all of them. I like them. I I think Newsom's talent is a bit more challenging to find. That's why I prefer to keep him. Uh, but again, I, I could see those are the two, three, Emerson, Newsom, Teller, that they could. They certainly could. I don't put the number very high, maybe a 20% chance. That might still be pretty high, but they could. Thoughts on that, Brad? Yeah, I agree. I, I have a hard time getting rid of any of those three corners, but I understand you got to give something up to get it. So uh, it's tough, you know. The, I love all three of those guys, right? Ward, Newsom, uh, Emerson, and uh, I don't know how that shakes out, right? Like, how does this shake mm-hmm. out? How does it shake out with Newsom not really kind of making it known that he doesn't really want to play in the nickel or in the slot as much? Uh, you know, do you move off him and bring in like a true slot guy on a cheap deal and then somehow, you know, bring in a wide receiver that way? Uh, or move off of Emerson and do the same thing. It doesn't matter either one, right? Uh, it's a it's a possibility. That's one way you could make a move to try to bring in a, a big time. If you want to make a big swing at receiver, it's going to take a move like that, I would think. For sure, and that's still it's tough to it's tough to stomach because there's talent there, there's yeah. real talent there, man. Um, tight end two this year. I don't want to force that position. There's some people who are gung ho about trying to get. Darnell Washington, I, I mean, and some other, you know, I, I, if I get to the middle rounds, 
and I really love a guy, maybe Sam Laporta from Iowa Falls. I really like Payne Durham from Purdue. I really like Josh Wiley at a great senior bowl, late round guy. Brenton Strange from Penn State. There's a lot of tight ends that I like in the middle of like the late third into the fourth, fifth, sixth. I still want to force that position. I don't, I want the Browns to find ways to stretch the 53 and a half or whatever. I don't know. I haven't played football in a while. Let's stretch it horizontally and stretch it vertically and compacting it with more 12 personnel. That's just not who I want to be with Deshaun Watson. I want space created, man. And forcing another tight end into the fold that I feel like I have to play a ton. It's not great. So I just prefer to keep Harrison Bryant another year and draft a third tight end, like a, like a H H back type, maybe like Braden Willis from Oklahoma late. Like I loved, loved Hayward, uh, the kid from Michigan state last year who ended up putting on a clinic at the end of the year for what I wanted that role to be. And he's doing great. He puts it out of Michigan state last year was taken late. I really like, and I like, you know, Chuck Wuma, the, the kid, uh, a core for the kid from Maryland who went to Tennessee and was a stellar rookie tight end. Really good for them. I loved him in last year's draft. I would like to get someone who can play that, uh, on occasion, that that wing creative slot, you know, I was looking at Davis Allen, Clemson kid, uh, who's who's gone really under the radar. Had a decent little senior bowl too. Big guy. I just am looking late. I just think a late tight end grab would be. They never really they didn't carry a real th- third tight end last year. Kind of annoyed mm-hmm. with that. I'd like to see them develop one, but I think Harrison Bryant will do it. Will do it next year. Um, when you do trades for the Daily Muck, do you use Johnson point system or another chart? You know, I don't really get too in the weeds about it. If, if I mean the the point system, I I know that the um what the the integration sites use, they integrate that algorithm of the point system into their trade uh, market thing. When I really want to get into a serious serious trade, when you do these every day, let me tell you, these mock drafts take forever to do, and I because we're not just posting a like a picture. Like I'm trying to. My goal with the mock drafts that we do every day at the OBR is to show you who these guys are and write up something about them serious and then give you like some clips of them, right? Like I'm watching them on tape. I'm trying to go through some of their games, pick them and give you an idea so that when you go into the draft, you know who these guys are. I don't really get too deep in the weeds on trades. Like if the simulator offers me something stupid, like pro football, NFL mock draft simulator late in the drafts will end up offering you like a fifth round pick. Somebody will give you like a one and a three the next year. It's like, I'm not taking that. I mean, Mm. you know, like I try to keep what I think is pretty fair and balanced, but when I do get serious about it close to the draft, yeah, the point system is one that, that I think is the best because that's the way a lot of teams analyze what they give up and it's a common system. So that's, that is, uh, that's how I go. But most of these simulators I feel do a pretty good job giving fair trades or declining lopsided trades. So um yeah. Any other topics, Brad? We're in an hour. We're gonna get out of here. Some good questions today, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um but yeah, Brad, close up anything else you want to hit on before we go? No, man, just uh listen, I feel the need I feel that need and I feel that pull and that tug for a wide receiver as well. It's just really hard to figure out where that's gonna come from at this point. It is it is a big mystery. I, I I like I said, you swing for the fences. You're gonna have to eat up space somewhere, whether that's a player or cap money, it's gonna eat into it. And a lot of us want the Draymond Jones, they want the Dayron Paynes, they want the the Jesse Bates of the world. You gotta eat it up somewhere. So you're either eating up your cap for some of those guys, 
or you're eating up draft capital or you're eating up a player trade. That's why looking at free agency, it's like, can you find some answers there that suffice? And it's not great, but there are, you know, we presented a few at wide receiver and I'll continue on the OBR film breakdown to go through uh, obviously the rest of these free agent positions is Brad and Jack have done a great job on these free agent prediction uh, sort of setting the table for what's to come in free agency at all these positions. They just posted cornerback today. Safety is coming tomorrow, I believe. So you will have every position primed up, ready to go, and you'll get some more answers on the pod too. For myself, for Brad, I'm all eyes on Cleveland. OBR Film Breakdown. Everybody involved with the OBR, we appreciate you checking tomorrow for another free agency mock, another mock draft. Thanks for being here tonight. Appreciate you guys a ton. Go Browns.